Hey there, welcome to the Heavy Hole. My name is Tom. I'm Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Baby Grand Piano. I'm Justin, and I'm fucking... I got some things I, I need oh. to share with you guys. Why don't we start with how was your thing? Tom, yeah, Tom, cut this off. You need to, Let's go outside. You can <laughs> we gotta, smoke a cigarette and you can get it all out of your system. I can never have enough cigarettes. That's why I put on this calming piano music for you. What's it is. Hel- it's helping. So, have you seen the news lately? Uh, this is yes, the, it's yeah, a, things it's, are crazy out there. It's, a bi- it's the biggest story in the news. The country's divided on it. Uh, yes. This is insane. Okay. Do you okay. know about the monolith in Utah? Oh, yeah, yeah. Blood Incantation told me about that two years ago. Can, yeah. yeah. You got to read their lyrics. Where, oh, you'd, you'd be up to date. Yeah. Well, I can't read, but I can see clearly with my own eyes these this monolith that appeared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now it's gone. Yeah. It's in the Ukraine now, I think? It's in Romania. Romania. Yeah. Okay. And there's an investigation coming out. So yeah. do you think? Who's that guy? Is it Banksy? Did he do this? Is he Banksy made- from Massive Attack? Is, well, Blood Incantation linked up with Adult Swim Cartoon Network. Yeah, yeah. It now could, they might be linking up with like weird performance art guys. This all might be a tie-in. I need to know if it's a sign of of, of human evolution to come, mm. or it, yeah, is somebody getting ready to drop the next space alien death metal record? And is this promotion for it? Mm. Smart. Yeah, very it, smart. But it's got it's got me all buzzed up. You know what it looks like to me? Yeah. A futuristic segue. Because you just segued right into Will. How was your weekend? That's right. I'm going to drop it on you. I'm cheers in the mic stand right now. I can't hear that. I was going to wait like a gentleman, but I actually rewatched my DVD copies of uh, Prometheus and Alien Covenant. Great. Back to back. I had a little little movie marathon at the crib with my cat. It was was cozy, you know, like they say. Now, it was raining out. How do you rate those movies? Um, it's a good question. Well, yeah. here's the deal, man. It's a good answer. <laughs> here's the deal, man. <laughs> when you talk about, in my personal opinion, the six alien movies that to me are like canon, in my own personal canon, everyone's got their own thing. Yeah, the, there's. I, I'm, I'm. I intend on watching. I've watched those two, the most recent ones that are like the prequels, mm-hmm. and then I intend to watch the, you know, Alien, Aliens, Alien Three, and Alien Resurrection. Right. Uh, all after that, I'm one. I just love the whole story, and I overlook whatever problems you know I might have with certain films. Just to kind of, I love the story and the lore and the uh, the ongoing mm-hmm. drama of it. Um, that being said, I you know I, I think like they like the the two prequels Ridley Scott was involved in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as were as he was with Alien and then Aliens through an Aliens three and Alien Resurrection he wasn't yeah I mean you could pick it apart a lot of different ways man I like those movies I have my issues with them um, there's you know like like well Alien Covenant Jesse Smollett is kind of annoying. In there, but uh, uh, what's his name? It's, 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 uh, Danny McBride kind of makes up for it. He balances out. It's, yeah, it's he's always fun to watch. And stuff he's like great. Yeah. He's yeah. great, man. And his character. Well, I'm not gonna. If it's spo- I'm not gonna spoil people. <laughs> Listen, you you op- you kicked open Pandora's box. I'm so uh, well, glad. Yeah, look, by asking me my opinion on those movies, I think they're great. I think they're worth seeing and then watching as prequels to the Alien movies, however far you want to go with that and right. giving a chance. I'm not going to sit here and say that they can stand up to uh, the movies that had Sigourney Weaver in them that predate them. Yes. Oh, Sigourney. I am a harsh critic of the uh, the later ones. and I get it. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think it's worth getting into on this show. Because I give them a... We're going to have to do a bonus episode because I give great. a... I, yeah. I, I admittedly give a hard pass to, to, to those movies, but... 
I I also I'm I'm a I'm a stern but fair man. I do not include anything from Aliens vs Predator uh, in my head canon. No, that's yeah. that's, that's got to be an outside. That's where thing. I draw the line. Yeah, Smash not, Brothers I, is not a Mario game. I'm not know? head over yes, heels. It's not like that. With this. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. even even Resurrection. I mean. I love Jean-Pierre Junet, and he did whatever he does on, on films on that. Yeah, um, that... <laughs> so he also uh, implemented some strange choices there. But, um, hey, uh, like you said, bonus... This is bonus episode this material, because yeah. that was like a loaded question, I feel. Yeah. It's not fair to put you on <laughs> you the kinda spot came like at me. You came at me a little crazy. Right, I was I just trying to. I that. was trying to segue about the alien uh, futuristic thing. What are we doing? And, Monoliths. And now, yeah, now, yeah now, you, now you're coming at me sideways. <laughs> Am I tasting in cinema? Am I tasting art? Uh, I don't like it, but how was your weekend? Let's let's dissect how you live your life. Yeah, goddamn it, Tom! What well, did you do? Actually, <laughs> what do you even do? Speaking of movies, though, I have uh, recently made an IMDb account over the past uh, maybe two weeks ago, and oh! I've been watching a lot of horror movies and been making all kinds of reviews. You're reviewing? I'm reviewing now. Oh boy! Because it's something I I'm always raving and ranting. Always I watch movies and I pick shit. them apart. Wow! And I have such a great time. But I don't. I I honestly uh, hear me out. I don't believe in the good review. I believe in the good rating. Mm. If a if a movie is worth seeing, you give it a good rating. Mm. How many okay. stars? Mm. Only type bad reviews. Why should you not waste your time? Well, I'm glad you're getting it out of your wow. system. Wow. Because we only talk about stuff we like on this podcast. So that's good. I All think right. it works the other way around. I think it works the other way around with music because it's so it's it's a different experience. Yeah. So you never trust Isn't a good review, you're saying. Yes. Never trust a good review um, when it comes to movies. Don't listen to shitty reviews about music. Oh, shout out to Anthony Fantano. Oh boy, oh, uh, I I I cannot co-sign but respect the opinions presented by only Tom opinions, only on the heavy wow. podcast so, today. Wow, so five star Tom is coming out. Look for him online. Five star Tom <laughs> out of ten. Yeah. Come yeah, on, five out of it. ten star. Tom. Yeah, Salt, <laughs> Saltman and Ebert at the movies <laughs> coming at you live. Uh, mm-hmm. Listen, guys, futuristic science fiction metal. Back in the days at the movies, I'm, I'm, I'm reaching with this one on the Segway. They used to have a guy in the back with the piano, with the silent movies playing yeah, the right. piano, yeah, yeah. creating the atmosphere. Jean-Pierre Junet is a French director. Yeah, yeah. Th- thank you. We're dropping little hints here because today's guest is in France. It's six hours time difference. We coordinated for everyone. I'm drinking water. They're still drinking beer. It's okay. It tastes the same. Yeah, I have a problem. It's, it's all good. Uh, we're going to talk to Tommy Bonavialli of uh, Jordan and Tommy Bonavialli's YouTube channel, where he does amazing piano covers of technical death metal songs. Also a member of the band Virulent Depravity and Death Awaits. We're going to get into it. It's a family thing. Baguettes. Bonjour. Call up France. <laughs> Call up France. whole podcast this is big will here as always with justin and tom and today we're joined by our guest tommy bonviella uh who hopefully i i pronounced your name right brother <laughs> i tried uh, that's right of the uh jordan and tommy bonviella uh youtube page uh where he curates the brutal keys playlist where he's covered a variety of technical death metal songs and modern death metal songs 
um, I, I guess the converted, we'll talk about the proper terminology, uh, to piano, including recently the entire Artificial Brain album, Infrared Horizon. Um, and you're also a member of the band's Death Awaits and Virulent Depravity. Did I get all that right? Absolutely, that's correct. Okay, uh, so Tommy, I, we're going to get into all of that, and I think you're probably going to teach me a few things because it's it's very ironic here that I'm the member of Artificial Brain that doesn't play any instruments, and you and I are on the line here. But um, but but I, I was thinking about it before, and I think we have some things in common about how we approach that album, and I'll and I'll talk about that and pitch that to you. But um, before we get into any of that stuff, Tommy, I usually ask our our guests, are you from a particularly musical family? And anyone who's familiar with your work and your social media knows that uh, obviously you're, you're from at least three brothers, uh, including yourself, Jordan and Michael, um, who are all musicians. Can you give us, let's let's break it down from the top. Are there musicians older than you and your brothers in the family, your parents uh, or older uncles or something like that? Yes, absolutely. Um, it, it started from my parents, actually. Um, they started to play music when I was a child. And um, my father picked the guitar and my mother would sing. And um, we had even this, um, this sort of family band going on for a while with my brothers and parents. And we would play Iron Maiden and uh, Metallica songs. And uh, yeah, so I, I grew up in a very music-friendly environment, if that's, uh, if that's a question. Okay, and you're, uh, you all grew up and are originally from France? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, I middle, middle France. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm I'm not I'm not very familiar. Maybe just you could briefly describe like the area you're from in France, um, and if you had like a, a, a formal musical education there. Um, I'm um, well. The closest town there is is Lyon. I'm, I'm a two two hour drive from Lyon, and um, I'm not sure what to describe about the, the musical scene there. Um, but there, there's a there's a great metal scene. And uh, I was able to attend shows uh, for the past five to ten years there, and uh, it's been great. Okay, so what? So, so I mean, you're growing up. It, it's you know, you obviously are from a fairly musically inclined family. Um, which one? Well, how about this? Which one of your brothers is the eldest, and is that the pathway into hard rock and heavy metal? Um, yes, absolutely. Um, Michael or Michael, as I say it. Uh, he's uh, he's the elder um, elder son, and um, actually the, the the passion for heavy music I inherited from my parents. Uh, they're huge uh, power metal fans, so we all grew up listening to bands like Angra, uh, Rage, Gamma Ray, Halloween, this kind of stuff. Wow, that's and, awesome! Uh, <laughs> and uh, as a teenager, we all craved something more extreme, you know, just to to do something the parents wouldn't like <laughs> uh, which led to um, uh, listening to much more heavy stuff you know born and raised in France you got to have a, a Gojira phase at some point yes uh, which we all had um, you know Lamb of God as well I was some sort of a prog head at some point I listened to Opeth and Mastodon a lot and um, which led me to death metal on the long run and fast forward to now when I listen to basically anything extreme. That, that's that's interesting because you talk about Opeth and bands like that, and I feel like, well, something I wanted to talk about, but maybe right now let's get into it. I see that you recently, within the last year or two, joined the band Virulent Depravity. 
Um, yeah, that's right. But playing piano in that band, is that right? Absolutely. Okay. Um, and I don't believe you've recorded any output or anything has been released with you on in that context yet? Yeah, not yet. Okay. Um, it actually started a couple of years ago. Um, Colin, the, the main uh, guitarist, the songwriter, contacted me on Facebook. And uh, he said that he was interested um, in, in me joining his project um, because he wrote an entire Tech Death album uh, with the lead piano uh, going on through the whole thing. And um, I was very uh, thrilled and um, impressed with the material. He's a fantastic songwriter. And so I've dedicated this year to recording this album, which has very challenging parts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's got his vision that um, he, he can do technical death metal thing uh, with fusion jazz infused in it. And um, it may seem like a stretch, but it works very well. And uh, I trust his vision. And I'm glad that I could record this part for, for him. I've recorded six songs so far. And uh, hopefully the, the album is going to come out um, maybe next year or 2022. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's going to be out in the, the Artisan era, uh, if you guys know the, the label. Oh yeah, we're very familiar with it. Solid yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled to be part of this, honestly. It's, uh, it's a huge honor and uh, I'm looking forward for, to, to releasing this stuff. Yeah, man, it's, it sounds exciting. And, you know, the reason I kind of bring that up when you talked about bands like Opeth and it's, you know, it's like those bands kind of come from a more death metal inclined background and then got very progressive with their instrumentation. And it's like, here you are. Um, oh, I don't want to assume your age. I assume you're probably younger than me, but it's almost like the next generation coming up and you're infusing maybe some of that different instrumentation uh, it, back into technical death metal and the more brutal side of metal. Yes, yes, that, that sounds right. <laughs> that's, uh, that's how I would put it as well. Uh, so at what age do you start playing drums? Because for people who don't know, besides the Brutal Keys um, uh, piano covers of metal songs, you also have been doing drum covers on your YouTube channel as well. Uh, yes. Um, well, um, my elder brother, Mikael, he's, uh, he's a drummer as well. And, um, you know, as a kid, I was always uh, looking up to him and um, just tapping with my hands on my on my on every available surface, you know. So I had to, to try drums at some point. And uh, luckily I had my brother's kit to try, so it, it, it came very naturally. And uh, it became much more serious when the, um, when Jordan asked me to fill in for his band Deathweight at the time. And um, it started as a couple of gigs and uh, quickly became more than 15 to 20 gigs. So at the end, they decided to make me a permanent member. And uh, I'm glad they did because that's actually my first experience as a band uh, member. You know, you, you, as a metal fan, you always have this wonder how, how things are when you're in a band. And uh, yeah, I got to experience that, um, you know, being on the road, uh, living in a van for a week with no showers, uh, eating junk food on the road and meeting different people at venues. Uh, this was all exciting to me and uh, I'm glad that I could uh, you know, join this band and become a drummer with these guys uh, because that led me to uh, try drums as a serious instrument, not just for fun. And um, I'm glad I did because there's very similar approach to, to keys as well. I think both instruments work very well together 
uh, in some sense, my, my drum playing influenced my piano playing and the opposite as well. So uh, I think it worked out really well. Yeah, there's, um, there's definitely a, um, a correlation there. I mean, they're both, uh, you know, if, for anyone who's not like technically inclined to instruments, like a piano is technically percussive. Um, so you have this dexterity that you get to practice when you're playing both instruments that definitely lends itself in both directions. Um, yes, yeah. especially with, uh, with extreme stuff that requires you to be very accurate, that requires speed and power and um, you know, this, this applies to both instruments. So, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's probably extremely beneficial to go back and forth in that case. <laughs> I suppose, yes. Yeah, you know, I was I was re-listening to um, the your your version of Infrared Horizon, the whole album, in preparation for the interview. Did you sing along? Uh, <laughs> that would be it. You know, I, I, I should right. That would be that would be interesting. Um, but something I noticed, you know, just a thought I had was was the the percussive uh, nature, obviously, like you just explained, but how you use that to really translate the different parts of the song because it's what's amazing to me is uh and what i was getting at before um in the early part of the interview about how we both approached that album is that we both spent hours listening to that album and studying it to try to have our own take on it me to try to imagine what the vocals could and should sound like and how to put my lyrics to it and you to kind of convert the whole thing into piano and you were able to translate blast beats and breakdowns and like cymbal choke kind of parts um, that I recognize in my head very well. So I guess that's that that speaks to the interplay between drums and piano. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's um, um, uh, one of the perks of the instrument is that you can replicate many many things. Uh, I try to include the bass parts as well, and um, uh, you can do the rhythms. You can do so many things and. Yeah, there's a great arranging quality to, to the instrument and that lends itself pretty well to this kind of stuff. Um, I've developed a few techniques over the years to, to replicate um, uh, guitar things, especially the tremolo picking, which is a huge thing in, in death metal and black metal in general. Uh, I basically play um, pan the octaves with my hands and um, you know, for palm mute things, I just play very quickly and it works. It, it kind of works. It has a lot of power chords as well, um, which uh, I mostly play with my left hand. So I can do other things with my right hands, like a lead melody or something. And uh, yeah, over the years I've, I've grown accustomed to this style and I don't play anything else uh, besides metal. So um, I guess you could say I'm doing my own thing. <laughs> Well, so do you, do you have, I mean, you, you kind of just said it, but do you have any formal background? Did you take lessons as a kid on piano playing uh, classical music or standards or anything like that? I did. I did. I was, uh, I was classically taught uh, for a couple of years, and uh, I'm going to be real with you guys. It is hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, at, at some level, it requires uh, so much discipline and rigorous training, and I wasn't cut for it. Uh, so, so I dropped, and um, that's when my interest started to shift towards this metal arrangement uh, because I was in it for the fun, and um, I, I had much more fun doing the songs I liked that than training months for classical stuff that I, I never get to play. So, wow! I um, mean, th this this came naturally. I, I mean, it, I, I, 
without you know without invading uh, you know anyone's privacy. You don't have to say names or anything, but you, you, you got me thinking now. I mean, were there any like really profound experiences when you were going to school for that? Like, wow, this this music professor is really miserable. Or these these people are so stressed out and miserable. Do I want to do this? Or like, was there something like that? Or, or was there a certain culture that you, you know, you, you couldn't link up with or something? Or? Uh, not at all. Actually, they were rather nice. Uh, all my teachers and all the people I meet there. It's just that I was, um, I was not disciplined enough. Honestly, it's just just this. And um, aside from that, with the culture, the music, the, the people, I've had nothing but really nice experiences. So okay. it was just me. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm I'm just dig I'm digging for the beef, man. Um, but but I feel like talking to to an ex about uh, <laughs> an ex girlfriend. Uh, yeah, it was just me and. The <laughs> yeah, getting really really. Uh, it's 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 down there sometimes. This yeah. podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking for the headline. Um, but uh, getting past that, uh, well, because you know, I don't, I, I don't know. Uh, I've, I know some people that have had uh, higher education experiences and things like that. But um, moving on, uh, something we can talk about, because you know, as I said, I am awaiting kind of anxiously to hear this uh, virulent depravity record on Artisan Era um, with you on piano coming out. But um, you did do some piano work on the 2020 album by Psyotoxin. Nuclear Earth, which came out on Unique Leader Records, right? That that last yes. instrumental track. Yes, yes. Uh, the the last song. Uh, can't remember the name. Damn. Um, uh, I think Morse. Morse. Tem that's right. Yeah. Uh, that's a funny story, actually, because um, it started as a as a fan cover, and turned into an actual collab. Um, because I did the the Gamma Gidon song a couple of years ago. And uh, they really liked my, my cover of it. So um, we met um, a few, maybe it was last year when they were touring with Aborted and, uh, and Cryptopsy. So I met these guys and, um, and it, was, it was really nice. And uh, a couple of months later, uh, the, the sync Grimo uh, asked if, I, if I'd like to, you know, be featured on the next album because they were looking for an, an outro. With a lot of keys like they did on the, on the previous album radiophobia and uh, i said sure man I, i'd be honored to, to be featured on the album and uh, and that's uh, that's how it started so i pitched a couple of ideas and they selected their favorite and and went along with it and um because i had early access to the album uh, there was this song uh, coast of lies I'm not sure if you if you know the song um, and I really liked it, so I decided that I'd do the cover as well, mm -hmm. which is why you can hear the, um, the exclusive playthrough that I made and uh, the song on the album, which uh, is the full collaboration of my work with, with Cytotoxin. Okay, well, that's, that's interesting to know too. And listening to it, did they just take your piano and they added uh, the samples and the, I guess, synthesizer type sounds in there over it? Or did you did, did you conceive the whole piece? Uh, no, I just recorded the piano and uh, and they added their, their own ideas over it. Okay, all right. So, um, and you know, that, that goes to, that speaks to, like we said, the, the Brutal Keys um, playlist you've curated on your YouTube channel. Uh, and, you know, it's not just artificial brain, um, uh, you know, Abagor, Archspire, Nile, Imperial Triumphant, uh, Gorguts, Ulcerate, a lot, lot of uh, great bands you've, you've taken their work 
and in, what would what, would the would the proper terminology would it be transposed uh, convert how 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 would you say it into piano? Um, I never know. <laughs> Every time I try to make a poster, I just, uh, my transcription, my cover, my arrangement, uh, I don't I don't think there's words for it. It's just uh, it's the same song but on keys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man. All right, uh, uh, unlocked uh, for keyboard. Um, and um, and also drums. I just got a list here. You know, you've done drum covers of Psychroptic, Job for a Cowboy, Benighted, Inherit Disease. Uh, so you're, you're no slouch, as we say on Long Island. Um, <laughs> now you you answered that by by talking about you. You've obviously been playing music since you were a kid. You you talked before about a kind of a family band. Did I mean was that to the degree? Of, was it just something you did around with your family um, in, in leisure time, or did you actually like tour and perform live with with your parents and family members? Uh, not at all. It was just a, a fun private thing. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. We had a couple of shows um, on the backyard with, with <laughs> uh, <laughs> people from from uh, you know friends having friends over and getting to jam all together along, but nothing nothing really serious, honestly. Oh, so it sounds like your, your brother, uh, Mikhail, he, he's kind of like the first one to venture out into performing shows in the public and the and the underground heavy metal scene, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. What, um, I mean, uh, if I could yeah, ask, yeah, go maybe, ahead. I'm, I'm sorry, because I'm trying to, what generation are we talking about? I don't know if you want to give your age, uh, but like, what are some of the, the current, the, the, the modern death metal bands of the era when you start going to shows? Oh, um... Well, uh, as for my age, I'm I'm very young. <laughs> I was born in 1999, so I'm I'm 21. Okay, all right. I knew, I knew it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, new new generation, as you could say. And uh, what was the question about the the live shows or? Well, because you, you mentioned your older brother uh, Mikhail, he's kind of the one that I guess starts out. Obviously, being the eldest, that's a common story. The one that that gets into the hard rock and heavy metal earliest. I just want to know about some of your experiences. Um, uh, going to your first shows and your first concerts and what bands were talking about at that point. Yeah, um, there's one memorable show uh, that I could talk about is uh, a Canadian band Annihilator, uh, which I got to see on the, in 2012, I believe. And uh, it, it blew me away, the musicianship, <laughs> the, the whole thing. And yeah, I, I've been digging the bands ever since and uh, especially the early stuff, uh, which is fantastic material. So yeah, Annihilator. Um, also my parents being power metal fans, I, I've had the opportunity to get to shows with them. Uh, Symphonics, for instance, I've seen um, uh, Nevermore. <laughs> okay, that's to remember, fine. Remember the show. And um, when, when, I, when I got to Paris for my studies, I was able to um, to get much more, get much more live uh, concerts. So yeah, anything extreme, I, I've I was able to uh, get to Revocation, for instance, uh, oh, okay. which is one of my one of my old school favorite bands. I mean, I mean, uh, not old school band, but one of my first band into into extreme stuff. So uh, it was nice to see these guys, and um, yeah. I can't remember anything else. Um, festival culture <laughs> in Europe is much more important. I don't know if you guys have, um, aside from you know New York Death Feast, Maryland, or Las Vegas stuff like that, we have a lot of festivals here. Um, 
uh, especially Hellfest in France, I've attended uh, three editions um, where I, I got to see many, many bands I can't remember yeah. of. <laughs> yeah, I always see those uh, th those festivals that roll through <laughs> France and I just feel so, like, jipped off. Like, really, I'm just... Oh, yeah. It's I, like, uh, they just keep throwing us in boxes. You know? shout, shout to Maryland Death Fest and Las Vegas Death Fest and all the fests you mentioned and that we do have here in the States because I miss all of them this year and I'm not going to rag on anybody right now, current events. But uh, from what I understand, those events in, in France and across Europe, those outdoor festivals kind of dwarf anything we got going on over here. You know, I see, I've seen the flyers for some of those festivals in Europe and it'll start off like at the top, the, the, like the headliners are like Aerosmith and Kiss and then at the bottom you'll have like uh, you know, cock and bull torture and a gore, like gore yeah. grind bands and shit. It's crazy. <laughs> that sounds like Hellfest, yeah. Yeah, man. Um, I w wish I wish I could have uh, experienced it, man. But that that's awesome, man. It's great that you got to go. Uh, now, you you know, I I I, I kind of skimmed over you, but you you brought it back up again. Your power, your parents are are metalheads. Is that safe to say? Yeah, you could say that. And and you kind of you kind of said Nevermore, but you laughed at it a little bit, and it's because you're like you're like yeah, it's so Nevermore. Like that's that's somebody I would want to interview as as members of Nevermore. That's like relevant to the show. Like you, you but the way you said it, it would kind of be like if I was like yeah, my mom listens to Billy Joel. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, that's right. Um, we we don't get along musically speaking uh, sometimes because I um, I'm into more extreme stuff than than yeah. they uh, than them, and and my father. Uh, actually understand that, but my mom doesn't. <laughs> and uh, you know, there, there are some bands that uh, I, I can't put on. <laughs> wow. So how how far towards death metal can they go? Can they do thrash metal, for instance? Yeah, my my, my father actually really likes uh, thrash metal. But uh, yeah, I guess the, the more extreme you go, uh, you're gonna lose them. <laughs> All right. So, what what was the power metal scene like? What was the family friendly power metal scene like in France while you were growing up? You did you attend many other shows besides Nevermore? Uh, not much. Simply uh, the headline shows of bigger bands, major bands. I'm thinking uh, Sonata Arctica, for instance, mm -hmm. uh, Epica as well. Uh, okay. I haven't had the opportunity to, to dig more. Uh, local uh, power metal bands. I I wasn't much into the underground thing. Uh, it was just the uh, yeah. My parents were were kind of posers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my my mother and my my aunt took my cousin and I to see the monkeys uh, here on Long Island when I was a little kid, and it, it didn't get much more metal than that until I started going out on my own. <laughs> As a teenager, so that that's cool, man. At least you got to see Nevermore and, and be exposed yeah. to that. And Gamma Ray, man, you know, I, I I would interview some of these people that you're talking about, man. Um, what about Jag Panzer? You know them? Uh, Jack Panzer? No, I've never heard of them. Amer American band that comes to mind when you talk about that stuff. Doesn't matter. We'll get back to you. <laughs> I'm, I'm sounding a little old <laughs> right. over here, guys. <laughs> Let um, us reminisce. One question I wanted to talk about, and you kind of touched on it before, was. Um, Take, I mean, artificial brain is written from the perspective, I can say at least th this much, of two seven-string guitars that are doing independent things for most of the song. 
Um, yes. I, I mean, it's and, and the way that you're able to kind of take all of that and put it into the 88 keys the way you do is very interesting. Could you, could you just take us through maybe some of the thought process of um, of like how you listen to it, how you break things down? Uh, you know, I, I don't know if you want to get into musical terms or if there's a, a, an easier way to express it. But, you know, j just speaking to that. Uh, sure. Um, well, there are two ways of doing this, I'd say. Uh, for artificial, artificial brain, it was um, going through the tab uh, because you know there's an uh, official transcription that Oleg did, and um, uh, going through the, the both guitar parts, I was able to see um, what was going on to understand without hearing, uh, which was much easier than say Ulcerate or Decibel Mega, where I had to uh, decipher what was going on. So. With both guitar parts, um, to see, I, I was able to, you know, blend them together when it was possi possible. And um, some of the moments on the album are, um, you could say, arpeggios. I'm not sure if, if it's the right term for, for guitar lines that uh, are not basically power chords, <laughs> uh, but it can work very well on the piano, you know, just uh, arpeggiate all the chords. And I'm not exactly playing what the guitar plays. It's, it's never... Um, I used to play as faithfully as I could, but now I just try to arrange it more so, so it sounds more comfortable for the fingers, you know. Sometimes I like to smash the keys, but it doesn't work all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've tried to put more dynamics into it and yeah, you know, just some parts I, I just feel like playing differently. And, uh, you know, if it works, it works. In the end, it's it's slightly different, but it's my my appropriation of your music, if I, if I could say so. Um, okay, man, uh, and, and it's, I'm trying to, it's, it's, it's hard, it's, it's, you know, it's hard for me to understand because I'm not one of the guys playing guitar and, and writing that stuff. Um, uh, but to, it's, it's interesting to me how you can break it down into that. What about, um, say, uh, 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 some of the other bands? That you, like you mentioned Ulcerate. That's obviously kind of a different style of, of playing and, and of uh, songwriting, right? Is, is that like a different process? Um, yeah, it's very different because uh, you can't hear what exactly is going on. Uh, with most modern bands, uh, it is pretty clear what's going on. And some, uh, some other bands have this sort of huge wall of sound. <laughs> I'm thinking uh, Gorguts, when I, when I tried to play Le Toit du Monde, I was, uh, I was taken aback at how, how, what is going on exactly, you know? And um, it, it turned out that I've got to trust my instincts on this and, and it's, not, it's no, not an intellectual process anymore. You just have to focus on what you're hearing and try to reproduce it. And it, it is different. It's going to be different because uh, th these kind of dissonant bands, uh, like I did with Imperial Triumphant, um, they're, they're not playing something that's on the tempered keyboard. You know, I've got 88 notes, and um, with with string instruments, you can't you can play actually in between the notes. Uh, some frequencies that are not available on the keyboard. <laughs> right. And and um, which is why I'm, I'm never going to be able to reproduce uh, some really twisted, bending uh, ideas 
that go on with uh, with stump projections. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm, most of the time I try to to fit the mood to replicate the the, the original idea of of the music and. Yeah, if it fits on the keyboard, uh, I'm going to do my best to reproduce it. Right. Do you ever feel like you run into parts like that where you're, you're hearing string bends and stuff and um, you take some liberties with it to make it work and then that's how you like perceive the song because you play it so many times? It like kind of changes. You know, I, I can only imagine you copying a song so many times before it becomes its own thing, which it really is. I mean, anyone who watches what you're playing, it, it, the composition that you're putting down, even though it's it's a cover in, in some regards, it's really like your own thing. Um, so do you ever like, does that ever change in your head? Like, do you only hear your, your compositions? Um, that's an interesting question because uh, I think it's true. Uh, for instance, Artificial Brain uh, at some point, going through the album, I, I was more into what I had been doing than into the album uh, from from a, a pianistic perspective. And uh, it happens when, I, when I'm trying to play songs that I don't know very well. Uh, I recall uh, my first Ulcerate song was Wired and Obsolete. And at the time I tried the song, I wasn't very familiar with it. I had heard the song already, I was trying to play it, but um, it really became the song uh, through my cover. I'm not sure how to properly describe it, but in, by creating this cover, I had grown into a, a deeper appreciation of the song. And uh, I'm not sure I make sense here, but um, I mean, I think I, you're right. Yeah, I mean, I, a... I play instruments, I, I learn how to play songs. Sometimes there's a mistake, and that's how I focus in. So, yeah, I, I understand. Uh, I feel like you have to go through the practice to totally get it. Um, obviously, I'm not a piano player, so there is a, a slight disconnect there. But overall, I mean, I've tried to figure out songs by ear, and then when I hear the original, it's... Uh, it's like I totally missed something or the other way that I was imagining it was uh, like justified in my head. Yeah, now I have two versions of the song. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <clears throat> well, it, you know, it's true what Tom says. You kind of It's more than a cover. You are doing your own version of it. You're kind of taking it and making it your own thing. Um, and without, like, I don't want to sound self-congratulatory here or anything like that or, or, you know, bragging rights or anything, which I don't think I have the right to because I only do the vocals on that Artificial Brain album. Um, I'm just I'm just fortunate enough to work with those guys. But that is the, the, the first uh, that I recall that you've done the entire album and not just one, one selection from the album, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, um, maybe, like, is that? are you planning to do more um, and why that album in particular, uh, from a, from a musical perspective, from a, from a technique perspective, did you choose to do that one? Um, I'm not sure I'm going to do this again. <laughs> um, <laughs> right you answer. You don't say. <laughs> um, it, it really, um, this album uh, is, is special to me, and uh, I think that the material lends itself really well to to piano arrangements. The, the, um, Especially the the chord progressions, the the, the variety of, of moods. Every song has has um, a very distinct character, and I like that a lot. And um, for, for doing a full album thing, 
um, that would require that the album is available with a, a tab or a sheet music or anything. I'm not going to go through the whole hearing process for, for 40 minutes straight. Yes. <laughs> I don't have and don't want to dedicate this kind of time. Um, and uh, yeah, it was very convenient that uh, the tabs were available. <laughs> uh, okay, um, uh, amazing. And, and one, one last question that pops into my head thinking about this sort of stuff is what factor, and maybe is there a band in particular um, that stands out when I say this, what factor does the bass guitar play when you're when you're figuring all of this out and doing this? Not necessarily with Artificial Brain, but with any of these bands you, you've done this for. Yeah, that's an interesting question because most of the time I'd focus on the guitar, mm -hmm. and uh, I realized at some point through the song that it is missing something or a part or anything. And if you listen closely, I I try to put some of the most significant bass lines. Uh, into it when possible and uh, it is harder to hear uh, obviously but it makes a great difference in the in the composition and uh, yeah so the bass has a huge role and I tend to dismiss it too quickly <laughs> I think everyone does yeah <laughs> well uh, it's you know it's like it's always it's, it's that um, uh, Jason Newstead thing just turn it turn it down turn it down turn it down yeah. um, but alright uh, well Tommy, thank you um, very much uh, for sharing all this with us. It's been interesting. And um, before I let you off the hook, I always ask uh, our guests to recommend one older and one newer release by any artist uh, you're a fan of that you want to recommend. It doesn't have to be metal. It could be. Uh, but the floor is yours to recommend. All right. Um, I'm going to stick with metal because I guess uh, the people that listen to your podcast are into that stuff. So... They like for the, yeah, they, they, they tend to lose. <laughs> <laughs> for the older uh, release, um, I'm going to go with the Martyrs debut, uh, Hopeless Hopes. Martyrs. Uh, okay. Everyone talks about the rap zone, but I believe this one is phenomenally recorded as well. Um, I like that um, as a metal fan, and uh, especially from the black and death metal, I try to indulge in dark, oppressive, unpleasant things to listen to. And sometimes it feels really good to have an album that is fun and has uh, catchy hooks, a uh, lot of twists and turns, just entertaining from front to back. And this one has all of it and is done very tastefully. So yeah, Martyr, Hopeless Hopes. Um, as for the new one, I'm um, gonna go with uh, a black metal band from Finland a friend recommended to me a few weeks ago. It's called Trollheim's Grot. Um, so here we go for the spelling. T-R-O-L-L-H-E-I-M-S-G-R-O-T-T. Okay. And um, I can't find any other bands that could uh, relate to them. Uh, maybe maybe sounds like um, Die Dark and Shade from Greece, if you know this band. Uh, it is very powerful, very musical. The musicianship on display on this album is phenomenal. And uh, actually, they were active in the late 90s, I believe, as industrial black metal pioneers. But I haven't listened to the, the old stuff. This new album is definitely worth a look at, in my opinion. Okay, all right. It's called Aligned with... 
the true death, aligned with the true death, and was out in 2018, I believe. Trollheim's Grot. And what was the Greek band you also dropped in there? Uh, Thy Darkened Shade. Thy Darkened Shade. Okay, so something to go back and check out, man. Um, all right, uh, Tommy, and, and uh, the YouTube channel is Jordan and Tommy. I'm going to spell it for everybody. B-O-N-N-E-V-I-A-L-L-E, right? That's right. Yeah, uh, and um, if, you, if you're interested to watch uh, what we've been talking about a lot, these uh, piano versions of a lot of different death metal songs, it's under the Brutal Keys playlist there. Uh, you can follow Tommy uh, on social media. You can keep an eye out for that new Virulent Depravity record on um, uh, Artisan Era Records featuring Tommy playing piano, which I'm very excited for. Uh, and I'll give you the floor now. Is there anything I failed to promote or plug? Is there anything that you wanted to talk about uh, before we wrap it up? Um, I don't think there is. You, we've covered it all, so <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm good as it is. Nice. Thank you very much uh, for, for having me, guys. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, of course, man. And uh, just any final words to uh, friends and fans of you and your music or listeners of the podcast? Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, seriously, it, it means a lot because I've been doing these for, uh, for a few years now. And uh, I, I'm finally getting some recognition, you know, the, this viral and depravity thing the podcasts and uh, yeah my channel's getting some momentum and I'm glad I, I can keep dedicating my free time to, to the love for underground music so yeah we, thank you very much we recommend it and it's also a sneaky way to support the metal scene while playing music in the background at your holiday party for the family I love it um, <laughs> That's right. but, but in all seriousness we wish you and your brothers and your family the best Tommy and we'll be keeping an eye out uh, thank you so much brother we'll, we'll talk to you soon all right, bye, guys. All right, see you, man. Cheers and thank you to our guest Tommy Bonavialli of Jordan and Tommy Bonavialli's YouTube channel. Uh, that's B O N N E V I A L L E. Um, that's their YouTube channel where you can see uh, different guitar playthroughs uh, by his brother Jordan. And Tommy does the uh, piano and drum playthroughs that we talked about at length in this interview. We appreciate his time. Cheers to him. Um, and, uh, you know, somebody else whose time I appreciate. You guys. Aww. No, no, really, really. I, I bust balls. I bust <laughs> balls. But, you know, I appreciate you guys, man. You don't got to be six hours away uh, on Skype for me to appreciate your time, man. You guys are good guys. Well, thank thanks, you Will. so much. Yeah, um, you make us feel very welcome. And all that and the price of a cup of coffee will get you a cup of coffee. Um, what have you really done for me lately? Boy, uh, I got a cool band uh, I want to talk about. Thank you. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, so my recommendation this week, I have... The band Seance. Yes, you do. From Sweden. Yeah, you're you're holding it down with this, the old school death metal. Yeah, uh, you know this this is my lane. I'm trying to pick. You know, yeah. I'm lear learning yeah. a little bit more. Uh, all the shit that I missed. You know, but you can't 
can't live in the past. You gotta you gotta move forward with with this old stuff. I'm over yeah. here reaping the benefits. I love it. So uh, yeah, so Seance the the album uh, for never laid mm. to rest. Mm. For never gonna do that. For never. For never. Yeah, for never. never gonna lay this album to rest. Definitely not. Uh, it came out in 1992, and yeah. and you know a quick uh, test of the years. You're like Sweden. Yeah, 92. Oh, what? What, what? are we doing? That's not how it this, was like there. This band's yeah. this band's Floridian or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get I get a distinct suffocation vibe here. Yeah, very yeah. much so. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was getting some suffocation vibes and deeds of flesh uh, kind of vibes. Wow. Um, but yeah, th- this is like the, uh, you know a brutal thrash metal. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's got that thrash in the early 90s, but creeping into what would be that later 90s like kind of brutal. Yeah, uh, trend a bit. Technical death metal, man. Yeah, definitely. Like it's a year after Effigy of the Forgotten came out, mm. and I have to wonder if there's a correlation. Uh, that has to be. Yep. Um, also, these this, the vocal performance on this is super intense. Um, yeah, you know, I got definitely. I mean, the suffocation comparison is there, but you know, in in some of the, I want to say extracurricular vocal activity, you know, some of the the. the whispers the, the talking the breathing it, it gave me a corpse vibe it gave me the it put me in this like this the uh, you know this night early 90s florida kind of in, in a scott burns studio we're gonna mess around on vocals kind of deal with it yeah um, yeah definitely but, a depart like you're saying a departure from what we might expect to be entombed and yeah dismembered. like you know like i, 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 said, I, wrote, I mm-hmm. actually i wrote down departure in my notes i'm gonna circle yeah. because you said it yeah like, emphasize departure yeah from that I, swedish i don't need a departing flight to france just to appreciate you right now yeah appreciating <laughs> great death metal uh, yeah i mean i again i like i got i put this on and um when i was you know doing a little re- research on the band to see where they were from i was fucking surprised i was surprised Again, I think it's the, that's the biggest uh, takeaway, I, you know, that I had from it was look, look at what these fellas in Sweden were doing based off of that that American deal that was happening. Yeah, uh, a real there is a big tradition in Sweden of playing more brutal technical death metal as opposed to that kind of uh, uh, melodic variety. We touched on this when I, when I brought in Defleshed a few episodes yeah, ago, uh, and I got it, you know, hypocrisy and deranged jump right to my head. But, you know, we could talk about it another time. But this is excellent, man. I've always heard the name Seance uh, throughout the years, but I admittedly never stopped to check out this album. No one I knew had it and put it on for me, yeah. you know, at some point or whatever. And it's just here I am and I, I got to get it. This is great. I got to look it up. It's, I'll, it's probably $500 on Discogs. I'll sell my cat. <laughs> it's so. It's Just really. Kidding. Yeah, it's really sick, man. Five, five Tom stars on IMDb. For yeah. This one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is sick. I gotta get this. You hear this before, Tom? Um, no. I uh, in the same boat as Will. I've seen the name and haven't. Um, I have a lot of things in my cart right now, this yeah. dogs, and I'm just, <laughs> you know, a lot of a lot of it's coming from your recommendations, guys. Hell yeah, I know. I know that. I think they broke up in '98, '99, or something like that, but came back together in 2008. So, okay, uh, I'd be interested to hear some of the later stuff when they got back together, but I haven't gotten there yet. I'm stuck on this record for never. Late to rest. <laughs> <laughs>
What do you got, Tom? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Do I have a fun treat for you and the listeners? I know. I, I've heard. I, we, yeah, you we, know it we share yes, this, so we, we all we are, know what we're talking about. It's the Hollywood talk-up that we yeah. do. Yeah. We are the red carpet of excellent talent, upcoming and old. But uh, let me lay more of that production magic down. Tom, what do you got? Burning Palace. Oh. Ah. Um, shout out to James from Patreon for sending this our way mm-hmm. and also performing in yeah. the band. Ooh, and disclaimer, uh, listening to Heavy Hole Podcast, uh, being on Patreon, sending us stuff, no guarantee we're going to talk about it ever. Absolutely not. But Nothing. you know what? We, when we get sent something and it works, oh man, it works. Yeah, you know, uh, seriously. Anyway, we got Burning Palace here. They're out of uh, Santa Rosa, California. Okay. Their album, Hollow which is out on Transylvanian Tapes. Tapes, huh? Which I uh, pre-ordered today. You bastard. There uh, better be one left for me. On uh, what format? On tapes. Oh, good. All the tapes. <laughs> got to check the cassettes. Got to check. Yeah, he pre-ordered Six. the band camp. They're not going to let him download it. <laughs> I gotta, yeah, I got to wait for my MP3s. <laughs> my Aunt Vorbis's, god damn it. Um, yeah, so self-described as uh, dissonant worship, dissonant metal worship. Mm. But I would say this is a... Um, mm. a, an, a I would say this is a little bit more of a um, like a study. I wouldn't say uh, it's worship because it doesn't sound like a knockoff. This I, fits in very yeah. well with dissonant. I know, I know that hot and cold on the word, but it is a good way to describe it for this particular act. This band sounds fresh and um, uh, very, very epic. Uh, yes. I think they do a disservice by using the words dissonant and worship. Worship, those, yes. Those two words yeah. are played out. We got to leave the dissonant word behind. I don't, you know, no. yeah. you want to use the same uh, chords and notes and things. That's cool, but we got to leave that that word's gone. Specifically, um, the worship part bothers me yeah, because this yeah. is a, a very good album. I like the production on a lot. It's it's modern enough without sounding uh, like rigid or or like it could be written on graph paper. It, it's still very human sounding, but it's yeah. uh, very clear for this kind of for this kind of uh, songwriting. It's got that epic thing. It's got the, the cinematic. The, ni- yeah, nice phrasing. Uh, yeah. Good C- flow here. Cinematic's the new dissonant. Cinematic. Cinematic's the new dissonant. Get, get cinem- into it. Yeah. yeah, and it's not worship. This is. It's not like worship. It's like cinematic. How you doing? Yeah. How like I'm. Ha- like I'm not worshiping you. I'm just giving you a nod. Yeah. How you doing? Yeah. Cinematic. How you doing? Brief eye contact. Yeah. To be fair, how you doing is kind of like a verbal crutch for Long Islanders, but uh, we have fun. And well, I mean, you- like. Yeah. People know. I mean, look. People know what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, and if they're from San Jose, California, maybe it's an obscure reference. No, maybe no. it's it's more like uh, cinematic high. <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, of course. Like uh, a like a boat wave. No, it's not like hot because they're smoking weed. All right, I'm oh, sorry, <laughs> Tom. Fair enough. No, no, but Tom, take me out of here. We're having we're having a blast right now because uh, we're recording during the day. We have all the energy. Uh, Burning Palace. I urge all of our listeners to check it out. This, uh, their album Hollow, it's just great, like eerie songwriting with these big moving parts, touch of wall of sound, but not relying on that. Definitely not in the production. Mm-hmm. Um, dynamics, yes, mm. good dynamics Ooh. here. Reframes, um, not afraid to play a part again to get it in your head. Bring it back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Say it again. Pawn the replay. As they say in the DJ culture. Mm -hmm. So, Burning Palace, Hollow, check it out. The Hamburger Helper guy.
Okay, uh, Sieged Minds was a band from Russia that was around as early as uh, 92, 93. Um, they, uh, I guess they kind of reformed or they carried on through the early 2000s and released a couple albums. But right now I want to talk about their very first album, Emptiness, from 1996, um, which was released on cassette format, sorry, on uh, Metal Agent, I guess, records or, or productions, whatever that company was about. Um, and seems to be a pretty obscure album. I, I know I never heard of it. I'm, I don't claim to be the expert. Uh, Ken uh, Escobedo's not here. We can't run it by him. Nope. He's probably got both versions. I don't know. In the database. Yeah, he's got to check the database. Listen, um, uh, rest in peace in all seriousness to Andre Subotin, who passed away in 2014 and was responsible for mastering this release. Uh, and this is... Th- The production is relevant here because what I really enjoy about this album, Emptiness, by Sieged Mind in 1996, is that they obviously, um, I'm no guitarist, I'm no producer, but it doesn't sound like they had access to the best quality instruments, production, amplifiers, maybe what they would have preferred to make a heavy metal album. Um, But they make up for it uh, with, I think, taking full advantage of what they had at their their, uh, uh, disposal and with an extremely tight, um, uh, uh, rigorous performance by this three-piece of kind of technical uh, epic death metal that was very competitive for the era when uh, when you know you were you were seeing uh, a lot of bands worldwide in the mid to late '90s step up to the plate uh, in terms of technicality. Things that had been done by maybe Pestilence, Death, even Atheist and Cynic were kind of being contemplated and improved upon, and or, or at least reworked and um, uh, evolving. Uh, this band, I have a special place in my heart for some of these like former Soviet, um, Eastern European country bands. A lot of bands from uh, Poland I, I check out and, and Russia from back in the day. Um, Nuclear War Now is actually good for that, reissuing some of that older stuff. And um, this this is no slack right, right here. I mean, these guys are awesome. And it's, you know, I, I can't talk it up so much. It's, it's just there's a, a certain charm to the atmosphere and the production quality of these songs. Um, it's 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 almost demo level quality like you might expect from other bands demos but this was their album and they just really went for it and didn't let it let it hold them back and like i said i think where a lot of bands this wouldn't be a quite as remarkable a recording because of the production value these guys make up for it wholeheartedly with um the attention to detail the songwriting and the extremely tight performance that you get out of this three piece you know and it's um uh, it's more epic and technical than you might expect uh, from death metal uh, with with this kind of um, uh, lack of resources uh, that, that yeah, I guess is inherent in the sound. So check this out if you like your kind of obscure legends uh, of death metal that maybe didn't have the same resources as your bigger names and didn't get as much exposure as your bigger names. We're right there doing it. I just want to throw this out there. Listening to this, the songwriting... And the riffs are engaging enough where the mix is almost irrelevant. I, I yeah. think that you yeah. can achieve yeah. that as a band. Um, if your songwriting is top notch about, yep. uh, especially in the guitar world, you need to, you need to overlook your tone um, uh, limitations and just fucking play. Yes, I, I that was my main thought when I was listening to this before was um, was like you know a. Uh, production like this can be very revealing about a band you know most yes. most often than not in negative ways you know and you wish Absolutely. you had that 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 sweet in production that studio kind of quality um to make it easier for you to listen to uh, this reveals all the like 
things that make this band fucking amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, right. it's super, like, tight. Yeah. It, it's like, like a vulnerable mix because yeah. it's so exposed. Yes. And also, another thing I want to point out about, like, mixes like this is that the drums are actually pretty fucking good for this time period. I yes. feel like the drums are mixed well. It's the guitar that happens to stick out the most. And I think when you can when you can make such a far-stretched kind of approach and still have it come across like this, that even speaks more to uh, the, the musicianship here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you hear those leads? It doesn't even sound like there's... It just sounds like the same quality distortion as the rhythm guitar. There's no effect. No, like They just kind of rip a lead. It almost gives it a punk rock sound, like the yep. Ramones or something, the way it has this stripped-down guitar tone. But they're playing really um, you know, technical death metal on this, mm -hmm. really dynamic metal. And again, just to reiterate, like a lot of bands, um, this like the, the word revealing, I think that you said, that's the word for this. A lot of bands, if you just gave them this production, I don't know if they, and also it speaks to the producer. Um, and like I said, the guy Andre Sabatin, who mastered this, they, they did their thing. And you kind of carried this production through uh, despite what resources were at your hands. You know, it's mm -hmm. like you stuck this band in a rehearsal room and, you know, you got to record an album with this amplifier and this guitar and they did it. Fuck you know? yeah. I mean, and and just the songs are really—it's so melodic. Uh, definitely like human, not human death kind of era. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. There. Thank you. Yeah, um, uh, like a death cynic atheist kind of thing going on. Um, but with this production, uh, more Swedish than the band from Sweden we just listened to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, when I found this, I thought this is kind of in line with some of the stuff Justin's been bringing in the last several yeah, episodes. I was, you know, I was all about this. Yeah, this. But uh, but again, I love that. Now I kind of. In talking about it now, I didn't really make that connection until I said it. But this, the the guitars almost remind me of like the Ramones or or the Sex Pistols or some old punk band. It's and it's in cool. the rawness. Of, yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, in the in the in the sound quality. Whereas mm -hmm. in the, the actual performance and the writing, it's metal. It's just it's great. Yeah. Just Love you that. know, uh, just pretend that you saw this band in the Soviet Union, but you also had an iPhone, so you're watching the video back, and that's what the sounds like. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's, that's so where that picture, the time traveler. Picture, <laughs> it's coming back. It's all coming back to me. But Sieged Mind is the band to check out. They, as like I said, they have a few more albums that I have to peruse. Okay. You know, I just found this. I got to get into it, and then we'll move on from there. Good starting point. Yeah, mm -hmm. and you can look it up on Bandcamp. I should add uh, because it was reissued uh, and remastered. GS Productions. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm looking. Uh, looking. Uh, I'm on Metallum. I'm not going to lie about it. We use Metallum like everybody else. Yeah, GS Productions uh, remixed, uh, remastered it, and put it out on CD and digital uh, just in 2019. So you can look it up on Bandcamp. Sieged Mind, Emptiness. Okay, thank you very much again to Tommy Bonavialli of Jordan and Tommy Bonavialli's YouTube channel, um, where you could uh, you can see not only uh, piano and drum covers of songs, but also guitar 
uh, covers of songs and guitar playthroughs. Uh, we are, as I said, awaiting that virulent depravity record on Artisan Era that's coming out with him on piano. And we're going to look out for Death Awaits, uh, a band that he's in with his brother. Um, so shout out to him. Thank you for his time. I found it very uh, enlightening and educational. He's a gentleman. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, pleasant to talk to a, uh, a musician who wouldn't typically be found in the heavy music realm, but has made his own space. Yeah, interesting. I thought it was an interesting story. I hope the listeners enjoyed it as well. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe you are you want to get the scoop on who we're going to have coming up. Maybe you want to ask your own questions. Maybe I'm not doing a good enough job. Maybe it's time to can Big Will and send him out to the curb. Maybe I'll be holding a cardboard sign. We'll interview death metal musicians for food. I don't know. But... If you want to get cute like that and find out who's coming up on the show and shoot your own questions out, uh, you can be on any Patreon tier, not necessarily the bigger one or whatever, uh, and we're going to let you know a few guests a month and you can shoot your questions out. Right now, I got two OG death metal guys on there um, that you can shoot questions for in the comments and we'll put them in the interview. Um, and if you want bonus episodes, we got uh, uh, one a month for regular Patreon heads. If you want to if you want to be J- uh, Jim Diamond over there and throw down the big fish tier, uh, you get two bonus episodes, a preview of a video that no one else can see for a while, um, and little extra uh, snippets and clips and behind-the-scenes things, and Big Will throwing a tantrum, and Tom records it, and we put it on there. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, all sorts of extra stuff is going to happen. Uh, advanced yeah. releases for uh, Heavy Hole Records? Yeah, my release is yelling at people, so <laughs> we're going we're gonna to do it. Yeah, uh, there's music coming out um, adjacent to the Heavy Hole podcast hosts. Uh, that we've procured and, and written and, and recorded. Oh, I'm so excited. Cried yeah. and... Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> boy, did we cry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote a poem about it. It's not even featured in it. It's just my reflection. No, I didn't. Um, but listen, uh, we're doing it. We're going to do heavy whole uh, podcast um, uh, related music uh, releases soon. Best way to keep on top of all that is to follow us on the social media. Mm-hmm. Go to heavyholepodcast.com. You can figure out the Patreon from there. You can figure out the social media from there. Uh, if you're one of these young kids, you can watch Big Will on Instagram Live every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, yes. until I run off of merch, run out of merch and memorabilia to show off. So happy about that. Uh, shoot me the questions. Shoot me the little uh, comments and questions. I'll answer them. I'll address them. I'll talk to you. We can go live. All the stuff that the people do. On my smartphone, uh, it's great. It's very smart. Yeah, um, I'm not smart, but the phone makes up for it. Listen, <laughs> it's it's a, it's a marginal oh, difference. Oh god. Oh boy. Oh man. So listen, heavyholepodcast.com is your gateway to all this all this magnificent yeah. stuff. Speaking of gateways, let us know uh, where the next monolith is, please. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. If you see one, fucking. Is that is it a gateway that's supposed to open up if you shine it or something? Yeah, you do something. I see people sitting on it, but if you see something, fucking say something. Listen, yeah. if that monolith pops up by you, I would not be taking selfies with it. Keep just stay away. Yeah. All right. It's also crazy how it you know it just looks like um, like sticking out of the ground just looks like a giant like one. 